This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your long lost but not forgotten third Bad Ideas host. Yeah, we got the gang all together for this one. We are yeah. all three OG hosts here <laughs> on this lovely, lovely end of summer week. Great to be back. So enjoyable to hear the last couple episodes, y'all. Um, and sorry to have missed our wonderful, wonderful guests. We're just so happy to have you back. That's right. That's right. So this is, for anyone that is listening for the first time, No Bad Ideas, the show where we find some articles or some, you know, Reddit posts or just some internet-based documentation of a bad idea that somebody had. And then we pretend that we are, you know, old-timey Hollywood writers and some studio head chomping on a big cigar just slapped down that bad idea on our whiteboard and went, turn this into a movie or turn this into a book or turn this into this newfangled thing called TV that I hear is going to be the big thing. And we have just 10 very short minutes to figure out how to turn that bad idea into a good story. Sarah, I believe you have our first bad idea today. Yeah, I left my cigar at home to sort of, not, I can't chomp on it in the, the manner of a, a Warner Brothers executive. Oh. <laughs> You're but, missing out. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying it. Don't smoke, kids. Um, but, no, just but eat do... the cigars. Just eat it. That's so much better. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I do have an idea, and it comes to us by way of the BBC. Okay. And so, dear listeners, if you'd like to read along, a link uh, to this article will be in the episode description. I'm not going to read the headline, not because I want to create any sort of suspense, but just because the subheader is just better. Okay, great. So we'll start there. So two surfers filmed while whizzing along Venice's busiest canal nice. have evoked the wrath of the city's mayor. This all checks out. Yep. So just like two plus two is four videos of two people foil surfing, which is a kind of surfing where you 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 your surfboard kind of has like a motor in it. I, I was going to ask, not a lot of waves in Venice. No, no, not so much. But videos of, of two people doing this between boats and water buses on the Grand Canal. Yeah, that's a bad idea. You have found a bad idea for us, Sarah. Yes, it's very bad. Um, and it is so bad that it sparks a lot of outrage after being posted online. So on Wednesday, Mayor Luigi Brugnaro called for the pair to be punished and offered anyone who spotted them a free dinner. The two have since been caught and fined, local media report. Foil surfing is the sport of riding a surfboard, which has a hydrofoil attached, a device that lifts it above the water instead of skimming on it. Um, surfing, along with such sports as paddleboarding and canoeing, is prohibited. 
on Venice's Grand Canal. But that did not stop two apparent water sport enthusiasts from donning their boards mm. in the city's historic center. In footage posted online, the two began whizzing along on electric foil boards while onlookers on boats gawped at them. Great word, gawp. One of the surfers seemed to be taking pictures of the surroundings on a mobile phone before falling into the water. Also a bad idea. After video sparked outrage, Venice's mayor added to the flurry of disappearing comments by stating that the two had made a mockery of the city and appealing for help identifying them. A police investigation then opened, uh, and later on, Mr. Brugnaro tweeted once more that the two had been identified. He did not, however, mention whether he would be inviting anyone around for dinner. Now, the two surfers' boards are worth around 25,000 euro, which is about... Hmm. 20, which is, it's, it's, the euro and the dollar are now pretty equivalent. It's worth about 25,000 American dollars. Those were confiscated. Uh, the two were also fined for endangering this. Yeah. The two were also fined for endangering the safety of navigation along the canal and they were expelled from the city. Uh, they face further criminal proceedings for allegedly damaging the image of the city, which is a fun phrase that, that cities can seek damages for, uh, crimes against their image. There is video, there is embedded Twitter of these two people surfing in Venice. Um, <laughs> and I checked because I, I, my heart dreaded that they, they were Americans. But no, it's the Australians' fault this time. Ah. I'm glad we're not the only international embarrassment in the world. <laughs> I know, I know. Great job, Australia, except so, so, terrible so, so, job. So, so what, just like written across the boards, there was good day, mates, or something no, like that? No, 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 It came out in um in, in the investigation. No, um, no, 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 I'm joking. Yeah. I would hope that they would not perpetuate those stereotypes the way that I'm perpetuating those no, stereotypes. No, they just had a, a Barbie on their well, person and they were just flipping shrimp. And shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're sorry, Australia. We love you. Yeah, we do. We joke because we're jealous. Yeah. Nature's Thunderdome. Anyway. Does the article clarify at any point, is this the first time that this sort of a surfboard has been used in the Venice canals? I, I think it, the article doesn't say. Okay. Um, I, I looked at a couple other articles to sort of try and find the best write-up of, of this incident. Um, and there are permits allowed for, like, locals in Venice who own kayaks to have them. Sure. But that's different but that's than a fucking motorized surfboard. Than a hydrofoil <laughs> surfboard. Um, especially one brought in by people who don't live in Venice. So I think this is I think this is a notable occasion. Sure. Okay. Cool. Oh my god. All right. Anything else in the article? No, I'm just going to put 10 minutes on this timer. Amazing. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Are we thinking yes. the same thing because P possibly run I have of the a bulls. Pitch, but what's your pitch? <laughs> Ride of the efoils. <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> lunatics unite once a year to like illegally overrun the city. I think that that can interface with what I'm about Whoa. to pitch. I think that we can come back to that. I think that that may be at the end of what I'm about to pitch you guys. Okay. Okay. So I don't know in this pitch whether the family are tourists or locals. Um, for the sake of argument, let's say locals. But it's basically single dad with two teenage sons. Let's say that the sons are like 15 and 13. 
Um, he's kind of, you know, like a straight laced, button down, proper business guy. You know, he goes to church every Sunday, just very by the book guy. His sons are going through a little bit of a like rebellious fuck up phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and his sons decide that the thing that they want to do is they want to, you know, they maybe even like build these boards DIY style and then use them to kind of hydrofoil surf through Venice. And, you know, his dad kind of keeps being like, what the hell are you doing? This is so dangerous. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Stop. They don't stop. They keep doing it. He keeps catching them. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, finally, uh, his dad is like, I'm going to teach you guys a lesson. I'm going to show you what it's like for me. I'm going to use one of these fucking boards and you guys can have the fucking heart attack from the shore as you see me almost hitting all these boats. Here we go. And indeed, he does it. The sons are scared straight. They're like, holy shit, that we didn't realize how scary that looked. Like, we're so sorry. And now he has a problem because while he was out there, he was like, this is the greatest thrill of my entire life. I have to keep doing this. This is the most fun ever. But now, of course, he has a real problem because his sons are like, you know, kind of like they've now been scared straight. They don't want to do it. And he's just kind of like, I need to get back out there. I need to do this again. But I can't do it. Like, you know, I can never be caught. I have to do it under the guys, you know, in the middle of the night with a mask on or something. Yeah, this is how you get a superhero origin story. Sure. E-foil man. <laughs> it seems to me. Yeah. And maybe the kids where they are training they started doing this like two months in advance of the big running of the e-foils, which is coming up. Um, and now that their dad wants to compete in that. So that's kind of like what where my mind goes of like somebody that like tries to put a stop to like two young fuck ups doing this and in doing it absolutely falls in love with it and starts doing it in secret behind their back. I love it. How old is dad? Mid 40s. I don't know. Maybe he could be a little older. He could be a little younger if like he was someone that had kids like very young. Who would you cast? I just want a clear picture in my head. Interesting. Uh, I think that there's a version of this where the dad is played by Kevin James. Oh, can we live in a different version of this? We, 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 we absolutely can. We absolutely can. And I think that that would be like a very broad. He's like sailing through the canals, arms flailing. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's a version of this. I'm like, what are Italian actors? If they're if this is going to be in Venice, it should be someone. But I guess it could be like an American family living in Venice or like a British family living in Venice. Like there's a world where you get Idris to do this. Like there's a world where you get Mr. Elba to play the dad. And he is, you know, is kind of like the buttoned up guy that then needs to reconnect with the badass that we deep down know that he can because he's played by Idris Elba. But I don't know. Like, uh, if- what about Jude Law? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I'm just thinking like, okay, you played the Pope, but can you play yeah. <laughs> a midlife crisis on well, an Well, he played foil? a young Pope, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, I think I think that I think Mr. Law would be great for this. Yeah. Like, I think that he would need to get a little like D-lawed. Like they would need to maybe have like some makeup on him, like get some get some receding hairlines. I see. I see. Um, we need, you we know, need like, to dad bod the law. Yeah, we need. To- <laughs> hey, he's going to be playing Dumbledore for a long time. You can just like throw the R&D in to the to the the Harry Potter franchise check, whatever. Uh, are they actually making more of those movies? Have I not suffered enough? Anyway. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm interested in the consequences of this. B 
because as as he has to keep it a secret from his sons to avoid being a hypocrite. Correct. But that feels like small stakes for the amount of secrecy and potentially masks that are going to be involved here. There is a conflict with his ex-wife where he had a like fuck up in the past mm-hmm. and now he really needs to be like super dad and if he gets caught doing something illegal he might lose custody of his kids gotcha. and they might go live back in arlington virginia where their mom lives cool that suits me them some stakes and like whatever he did was like something very small that got like blown out of proportions like he wasn't actually endangering anyone in the past but he just has some you know bureaucratic black mark on his record and really you know like getting arrested for doing something like that would really 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 make him lose his kids Mm -hmm. now to uh put a dumb button on this good idea uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the mask <laughs> that he wears is just like what was available at the dollar store and it happened oh, yeah. to be a hippo mask so that we can okay. call this movie Hippocrite. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's old. <laughs> I love it. We at least have the episode title. Completely here for it. How <laughs> much time's on the clock, dear God? Man, you have three minutes oh, twenty-five. Fine. You have so much time <laughs> to much dive time. into the nuance of hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> And like he wanted to get like a cool Venetian carnival mask or whatever, yeah. but you know he accidentally like reached in for the wrong mask, and it was you know so it's just a hippo, the most graceful of God's aquatic creatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so is the are are we going to interface this with the idea of sort of uh, I guess we could use the running of the bulls, or there was that. Previously on No Bad Ideas, the uh, uh-huh. speed race across America. Oh, the the cannonball run. Yeah, the That's cannonball right. run. Um, it could be the. Um, the canal run. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly easier to, I think, like visually conceptualize than what a running of the bulls in is. I think that like for something like a running of the bulls, it would need to be kind of like you get a bunch of surfers in the middle of the Grand Canal. Somebody sets off a bomb underwater to create a wave or something like that. And then it's like who can surf their way out of the city without ending up smashed against the canal, the canal walls. walls yeah. yeah, I mean, it, and it has to be like the race. I think has to be a cannonball run style, super illegal thing. I don't think. Oh, one hundred percent sanctioned. This by is any, not sanctioned in any way. No, any means. Yeah, because the, the you're trying to win and also to escape the police net that is going to like dr- jump on them all immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah, when this race kicks off. And naturally, of course, while. This guy is doing this in secret. It's like Ed Norton in the second act of Fight Club, where, you know, he's getting more confident. He's looking better. He's standing up to his bully at work. You know, like this connecting with the side of him just kind of improves his life all around. He's like even relating to his kids better. You know, he's, uh, you know, sort of like being able to help them out with their teenage problems all while being a massive hypocrite. You have a minute. What is the comeuppance? Like, what is the level of consequence for indulging in the wild side here? I think that one version of it is he gets caught and his kids vouch for him. Mm -hmm. Like, his kids kind of provide an alibi and 
um, you know, sort of, they're like, no, 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 no. Our dad was definitely, we, we will testify that our dad was elsewhere. So he gets off with no legal consequences. He just has to deal with the fact that he has two broken legs from where the board, you know, smashed <laughs> oh, damn. into something. Um, you know, like there's, I think, like, I think that it's one or the other. Like, it's like he either gets like a physical comeuppance or he miraculously avoids injury, but then has some kind of, you know, <laughs> he has to go to Venetian jail for a little while. Maybe. And I don't know if we want to go this route, but uh, I'm thinking maybe he he does his run. He wins the record. Mm-hmm. He gets caught and like mm-hmm. sort of put in jail. And rather than like losing his kids, he like rekindles things with his ex. Like suddenly he's being ah. visited in prison by his entire family because the problem in his marriage was he wasn't spontaneous. Um, his, his, and his wife is the police officer that arrests him. Oh, there damn. you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's time. So there I'm glad we that we got. We, we um, it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. His wife, you know, police officer Veronica Montresor, you know, is <laughs> locking him up. And the entire yeah, time yeah, he's yeah. just going, for the love of God, Montresor. <laughs> okay. Well, we need to stop that immediately. I'm going to um, go wall myself up for yeah. that terrible joke. Yeah. We, uh, this is a, a Poe free pod, so Ooh, let's... that was good, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do anything else for a little while. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back with another bad idea. Hello there, Zach Valenti, jumping into this episode with this brief reminder that we have an active Patreon page to support the production of No Bad Ideas and all the other crazy worlds we're building behind the scenes. To check that out, scope the sweet rewards we offer for monthly subscriptions, as well as how to sign up yourself. Head on over to nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. If you already support the show, we so appreciate that. And regardless, thank you for listening. All right, let's get back to more No Bad Ideas. And welcome back, everybody, to another serving of badness. I am delighted to bring you uh, from TheVerge.com mm-hmm. a delicious story. Uh, I will also uh, follow in Sarah's lead of not reading the headline, um, not for spoilers, but just because the subline is just so much better. Ooh, ooh. This excellent, excellent. is your brain on venture capital. Uh, all right, so the timer. The Let's reaction. talk about the bad idea. That's, that's... <laughs> that's it. That's all we needed. <laughs> oh, just wait. It's it, it's delicious. There are many things that don't make sense about global capitalism that I enjoy anyway. The clearly inadvisable venture-backed monstrosities like dockless scooters and ride-sharing that, in the before times, changed how I interacted with the places I went. 
The thing that doesn't compute for me is how these companies continue to burn through a reality warping amount of other people's cash Money. in a way yeah. that upends the basic economics of things like taxi service and food delivery that fail intentionally to turn a profit. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, Ranjan Roy, a content strategist and writer, wrote about the latter in his newsletter, The Margins. One of his friends, who owns a pizza restaurant, suddenly got an influx of customers complaining about delivery when the restaurants didn't offer delivery. Okay. He realized that a delivery option had mysteriously appeared on their company's Google listing. The delivery option was created what? by DoorDash, Roy wrote. Oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. Apparently, this is one way that DoorDash does customer acquisition, by bullying restaurants. But what's funnier about Roy's friend's problem, and it was a real problem because of Yelp reviews and angry customers, is that DoorDash priced the pizzas incorrectly. A pizza that he charged $24 for was listed as 16 by DoorDash. Oh, my God. What? Emphasis, Roy's. Uh, it's all in bold. And then my third thought, cue the Wall Street trader in me. Arbitrage. <laughs> and so the story unfolds. If somebody could pay DoorDash $16 a pizza and DoorDash would pay his restaurant $24 a pizza, then he should clearly just order pizzas himself, himself yeah, right. via that DoorDash is a, that is a fantastic all loop. day long. Absolutely. You'd net a clean $8 profit per pizza. Per pizza, yeah. How quickly can you order pizzas? Insert nerdy economics joke yeah. about there is such a thing as a free lunch, wrote Roy. Nice, nice. They order 10 pizzas this way. And it worked. No. Goddamn. <laughs> I mean, good for them. The money was free. A seamless transfer from SoftBank's deep venture capital-lined pockets to Roy's friend's business bank account. Eventually, in another series of what Roy hilariously calls trades, air quotes, they just ordered pizza dough through DoorDash for $75 in pure profit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Quote, Beautiful. So over a few weeks... Almost to humor me, we did a few of these trades. I was genuinely curious if DoorDash would catch on. But they didn't, wrote Roy. Was this a bit shady? Maybe, but fuck DoorDash. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Note, I did confirm with my friend that he was okay with me writing this, and we both agreed, fuck DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> Perens, from the author of the article, I reached out to DoorDash for comment, and we'll try to update the story if they reply. <laughs> and there's an embed of the Twitter thread where they are saying, uh, was this a bit shady? Maybe, uh, maybe, but fuck DoorDash. Yeah. Anyway, venture capital is just small business loans for assholes. Yep. Quote Helen Rosner. Later in the piece, Roy points out that DoorDash lost $450 million generating $900 million in revenue last year, which is wild. The delivery business was working just fine before DoorDash and co swept in with piles of money to burn. Today, as Roy writes astutely, the model is broken. 
Quote, you have insanely large pools of capital, creating an incredibly inefficient money-losing business model, he writes. It's used to subsidize an untenable customer expectation. You leverage a broken workforce to minimize your genuine labor expenses. The companies unload their capital cannons on customer acquisition, while this week's Uber-Grubhub news reminds us the only viable endgame is a promise of monopoly concentration and increased prices. But is that even viable? The answer isn't clear because we're very far from the old ways. By the magic of venture capital, some businesses don't have to make money to survive. And that's upending things for everyone. Quote, third-party delivery platforms as they've been built just seem like the wrong model, but instead of testing, failing, and evolving, they've been subsidized into market dominance, as Roy puts it. Right. The more I learn about food delivery platforms as they exist today, I wonder if we've managed to watch an entire industry evolve artificially and incorrectly. As Bloomberg put it last Halloween, Grubhub Inc. just announced disappointing quarterly results and said that food delivery is only a means to an end, unlikely to ever be profitable on its own. The risk heading into 2020 is that the inevitable reckoning for the food delivery businesses will spread to the broader restaurant industry. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the first quarter of 2020, that looks more prescient than ever. According to its first quarter report, Grubhub, the only profitable restaurant delivery business, lost $33.4 million over the last three months. In fairness, COVID-19. Yeah, I was going to say, 2020 is... Uh, an asterisk of a year. That's correct. I am no venture capitalist, but I think Roy is right. If your business doesn't have the traditional incentives, to reiterate, the point of a capitalist business is to make money and only has to focus on scale, entire industries can collapse or at least end up confused. The thing about all of this is that the old ways weren't inefficient or even that inconvenient. If these businesses collapse as Uber is currently collapsing, I can't imagine that customers won't go back to how things were before, assuming restaurants at Alia survive. Parens, I, for one, am hoping that they do. Hailing a taxi or ordering delivery might be a little more difficult after the venture capital drives up. But as long as you can still use a smartphone to call people, I think we'll be all right. Hmm. And with that, I'm going to put 10 minutes on this here timer. Before you do, I just want to go back to the pizza exploit and see if I'm understanding correctly how that money-making loop was generated. So they had a restaurant, and the restaurant charged $24 for one pizza. But then Seamless showed up. They set up a Seamless page for this restaurant. And I think it was Seamless, DoorDash, but yeah. Excuse me, excuse me, DoorDash. Yeah, yeah, pardon me, pardon me. Insert yeah. venture capital-backed <laughs> delivery yeah. service venture here. Venture capital-backed delivery service showed up, set up a page for the restaurant, and on that page charged $16 for the pizza. But when somebody ordered the pizza, they gave $24 to the restaurant? DoorDash would pay that difference would pay the full amount that they were charging. I see, I see. Okay, cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. That is that is what I thought, and I just wanted to confirm that I had grasped the nature of the exploit. Because a couple tens of thousands of dollars is a drop in the bucket for the amount of money that... I mean, it's just the cost of doing business. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Alrighty, thank you for that clarification. Go ahead and set that timer. Okay. Timer set. <sighs> Sarah, do you have any thoughts about where to begin with this? I mean... Uh... Can can is is a manifesto about venture capital on the table because that's kind of <laughs> still where my head is at. Um, I do like the the sort of scheme of um, you know victimless crime of just like overcharging the DoorDash undercharging folks and the restaurant being able to make up the difference. And I think you know the intuitive thing is to do like a Robin Hood scheme of this isn't just an oversight. This is something that someone is intentionally doing to um mm-hmm. to prop up mom and pop restaurants um but other than that i don't really have an idea yeah i think that that is the like strong key image at the center of this here like someone that is like first screwed over by a venture capital service right and then all of a sudden kind of goes wait a minute if i exploit myself then I, as the exploiter, get exploited by the exploitee that's also me. And somewhere along the line, I make $10 out of the ether for pure exploitation purposes. Yeah. So, Truly a modern Robin Hood tale. Yeah. Crack that whip, I guess. But I think that if we're doing the fictional telling of that story, there have to be consequences for that you know like i don't think that it can be as simple as and then he made a lot of money it's either like he needs to get greedy and then want to try to do it on a bigger scale or right. he I needs to get sued or something like that yeah I, the story is is trying to scale it i think um either that or it becomes about what this person does with that money and are they truly a robin hood or mm-hmm. does this this start to get Robin a little... Hoods need Lamborghinis, Sarah? You know, <laughs> right? This, I mean, it could get a little Godfathery of like it's a nice <laughs> pizza parlor. You have fear. You don't want to get screwed over by DoorDash, right? You want right, to let me into right. your website and it'd yeah. be a real terrible shame if somebody was zoned out of the delivery areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm also interested in the version of this, like the the absurd comedy version of this, where he starts to scale it and then gets venture funding to scale uh-huh. his business that is about screwing over venture capital um, backed businesses, um, and just it's an that Ouroboros. Would be funny. Yeah, like that. Basically, would, that, that I think is the like ah that may be that may be kind of the way to do it as like a subversive. Uh, sorry to bother you style yeah. comedy where he does the exploit, makes a couple of like thousands of dollars and then DoorDash shows up at his door and it's kind of like, OK, motherfucker, we've caught you. And like, you know, we like the cut of your jib. Yeah. Like, you know, we could sue you and we could ask you to give us back all the money that you stole from us or. You could come work for us and show us how you did this and how we can do it for other people. Mm. And, you know, and maybe at first there is a little bit of, I don't know that I want to go to do that. The initial salary will be 2500 you know, 
will be twenty two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the amount I'm trying to say. And then it's like, cool, cool. Let me just take off my apron and um, you know flip that restaurant sign from open to closed.、Uh, when when do we start? I like it. I like it. And then it becomes you know sort of in the sorry to bother you way. Like man, this office is real nice, and Lamborghinis、mm-hmm. are real nice. Having money, it's really real nice. Real nice. You can buy all kinds of things with it. Right. And yeah. He probably th- this character probably goes in with the like I'm going to get into the belly of the beast and I'm going to destroy it. Um, and has a couple friends on the outside that are you know also worked at this pizza parlor I guess because if, if we're setting it in the pizza parlor and like have some basic hacking skills and like are like heist man we want to when when are we bringing it down later 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 no and I think that the key to that then is that number one this is a guy that has been chronically broke for years yeah um you know just kind of like you know he uses the money that he was gonna go. To pay his medical insurance with, that goes to pay for the lightning, you know, utility at his house because that's three months overdue. Whereas the medical, you know, insurance is only two months overdue, and he's just kind of been living in this like brink of financial non-existence for so long, and so we kind of feel for him a little bit. But I think that the other side of it is that he's always kind of someone that has a get-rich-quick scheme. Like、mm-hmm. it's never kind of like, oh, I want to get a job in a pizzeria and just kind of like work the oven and get paid for my job. It's always kind of you know, hi pizza owner, like you know, hire me and I can do like marketing、yeah. and I can you、yeah. know sort of like set up this you know recursive ad. Campaign that will really get people to you know come over here,、um, and you know and like all of his friends are kind of always going like, dude, just like give it a rest, just you know, go、just、get like, a job、yeah. somewhere. Just like be if if you you know, be in a business, like don't try and like game the game. And he's kind of like, but there's game to be gamed if、But、you look at it. It's game all the way down. It's game、yeah. all the way down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so this kind of you know exploit this hack you know the pizza owner is kind of like fine. First things first. Apparently we need a DoorDash website. Set that shit up. I don't care what it takes. Just do it. Whatever.、Yeah. I don't care. Just、I'll、make the you, make the、I'll, Yelp reviews go、uh, away. Right.、Yeah. I'll pay you sixty bucks to do it. And the guy's like sold. And then he kind of realizes like wait a minute, you know, you can make more money with a click than with a pizza.、Yeah. You know, we can、yeah. really you know take this to town. And that eventually leads to kind of you know the people that are really the game masters wanting him to play the game for them. Right. I love this.、Uh, how much time do we have? Two minutes, forty seconds. Okay. 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 Yeah. And, you know, and like obviously, eventually, he does have a moment of kind of like, oh fuck, the end state of me working for DoorDash and its parent company, Evil Co. or whatever.、Yeah. Is that they want to, you know, do a hostile takeover of every restaurant in this city to turn it into, you know, dashies or whatever their branded content. Right. Of just、is. like, and I think in the, I think you can even. It depends on how surrealist we want to go with it, but like there can be like that a level of. Escalation, similar to "Sorry to Bother You," where it's just like the these motherfuckers want to bring back serfdom.、Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just they they call it that without using any of the vowels. It's like 
Surfdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, SRF.com. Yeah, Jesus. Um, They just respell it as subscription. Oh, Lord. I hate it. Uh, But yeah, but it can it can be like that the. The natural end state of this isn't, you know, corporate monopoly. It's something even more insidious. More evil, yeah. Yeah. Because then I think, you know, you have you have opportunities to make broader social points um, about late stage capitalism and, and where we are here. Yep. Yep. I like it. I like it. And, you know, and like the whole time he's clashing with his friends yeah. who are still working at the pizzeria. He maybe tries to bring one of them into that world and doesn't really you work know, out. It doesn't really work out. Um, In the less than a minute that we have, uh, how does it climax and end? And perhaps what is it called? I don't know. They deliver a bomb to the headquarters yeah, no, of this he company dies in a for pizza. Sure. Uh, you know, like maybe it's kind of a, you know, if the first idea today had like Fight Club Act 2 energy, this may need Fight Club Act 3 energy. Who's <laughs> um, <laughs> just kind of, you know, blowing up the corporate headquarters. Yeah, the Pixies playing and... Yeah. Um, but again, but it needs to be delivered within a pizza. Part. Yeah, like, like yeah. a... Like they're doing some big corporate event and they, you know, for the catering, they want a gigantic pizza. And so it's kind of like, "Ah, there we go. I thought we ordered a pizza. Why did we get a calzone? Uh What's in that that calzone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beep, beep. Don't worry about it. All all authentic calzones beep. We know that. And with that, beep, 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 the timer is up. Well done, y'all. In the bonus time, uh, do we have a name for this? Explosion. No, I don't. Um, yeah, it's like like thirty minutes or less, or something like that. Something mm. about delivery. Something about you know promotional deals or, or whatever. <laughs> Discount code. I don't know. Yeah, sure, I sure. Know. Yeah. Um, I dig promo, it. Promo. Promo. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for uh, for spinning a uh, entertaining yarn out of this depressing, depressing. No, thank you for Long depressing us. Yeah, it was very no, depressing. I mean, that's that's the nature of this game here. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, well, hopefully they got to keep all that money that they racked up in their trades. I hope so. Uh huh. <laughs> in fact, what they don't tell you is they're trading to this day. Oh, jeez. Hey, maybe we should open up a pizza, pizza shop. Mm. <laughs> a pizza I'm, shop. I'm, I'm interested, Zach, and I've got some uh, venture capital cash to invest we in go. that. We should, we should talk about this. <laughs> well, we will be back next week uh, with hopefully a spicy meatball that you can buy uh, for <laughs> lots of money, and then we won't deliver. <laughs> just... <laughs> We'll just no, no, but, the but check out our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. Today's episode features music by Statesher and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love. 